It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide. Welcome to the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. If you missed any of my talk radio breakfast show, don't worry. We've put some of the punchiest bits of this morning's show into a bite-sized podcast, the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. Enjoy. It does appear there to be some sort of a rift uh, at the heart of government over whether or not we should be getting people back into the workplace. Bearing mind, let's see, small point, that millions of people, you may be among them, have been working from home throughout the pandemic, not just since we came out of lockdown proper, uh, but throughout the pandemic. And we salute the people, not just the nurses and the doctors and the paramedics, but all of the many, many millions who have been working to keep us going with essential uh, services and goods. Um, but the urge to get office workers back in their workplaces, the people who can work from home on the phone, on the laptop, that is going to be absolutely crucial to bringing our cities back from the ghost towns they've become. Uh, that's what Carolyn Furban uh, said yesterday as the uh, current director general of the CBI. Matt Hancock, though, yesterday, the health secretary, said his officials were working very efficiently from home uh, during uh, this uh, coronavirus uh, pandemic. Uh, meanwhile, uh, I spoke to the business secretary, Alex Sharma, on Tuesday, and he said, yes, so were his officials. But... Uh, Rishi Sunak, the Chancellor and the Prime Minister are very keen to get people back to work. As I say, the Prime Minister uh, starting a publicity campaign next week, extolling the virtues of returning to the workplace, making the emotional case for us to mixing with our colleagues, highlighting the benefits to our mental health and also pointing out it's safe and pointing out that actually, you know what, if you want to make sure you keep your job, might be an idea for your boss to see you sometime. Small point worth making. Uh, but James Price is a former government special advisor now at Hanover Communications. Uh, James, just briefly, um, uh, do you think the Prime Minister is right to make this warning? I think that making warnings like this is a little bit dangerous to sort of do what the government suggests you do for the overall economy or else. I think it's um, you get more. Was it the, the phrase you catch more bees with honey yeah. than vinegar? Uh, and so I think that that sort of is a slightly um, dangerous road for, for people to go down. Isn't I think it just we'll, being we'll probably honest? end up with a situation where people go in. Well, I think that we've had we've had several big shifts in how the economy is structured over the past couple of decades. You think when we stopped manufacturing things and moved more to a kind of service-based economy, and there were some disruptions from that. I think that this is going to be as big as that, and that will just sort of change, and that the city centres will become places where you go in, you travel into for dinner or for theatres and things like that, uh, and then go back and home, work from home oh, much more often. I think trouble, we're just going to have to get used to the fact these things are changing. The trouble is, of course, people aren't travelling in to go and do that, isn't it? Well, let's talk about all this with the former Director General of the CBI, Lord Digby Joins, who uh, joins us now. Good morning to you. 
good morning to you, Julia. Morning, everybody. Lovely. And now, your, your, I have to say, your microphone, I, don't, I think you might be a little far away from it. Though you sound a little bit like you're sort of in the, in the corner of a room. And I can see you on video, so I know you're not. That's a, <laughs> would, you like, would you like that? Is that better? That's a little bit better. Thank you very much. Oh, the, again, the joys of remote working. I long for the day when all my guests could be back in the studio, Digby. I really do. Um, the Prime Minister's had some criticism already for saying, look, you know, you could be at risk of losing a job if you're not uh, working from your, you know, from the office. Um, but isn't he being honest and, and accurate that actually, you know, if you're not there, the boss seeing what you're doing and being able to make those, those sort of personal relationships that people have in the workplace, um, that actually you are at risk and that we're all at risk if we don't get our city centres back up and running because so many of our jobs are intertwined with the jobs of other people. And if those people don't have jobs, they're not going to be our customers. Yeah, of course, if you look at it from a helicopter point of view, that is right. But if you if you um, start making speeches about this sort of stuff and you start a campaign, you, you really are going to assume the role of King Canute sitting on the beach trying to tell the tide not to come in. Because what coronavirus has done in so many areas of our society is accelerated a trend that was happening anyway. So we're getting a complete change. Right, we're getting so, a complete change. Someone's calling you, I think. <laughs> They're not. They're not. No Who knows what's me. going on? Who uh, <laughs> knows what's going on with the technology there? Um, you, 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 you reckon that this is going to be really hard for them to do. What I don't understand is why Germany and France, why are they able to get most of their workers back, but we aren't? What's the big difference? Well, I... I we are undertaking a, a complete change in the way that we go about our society. And COVID has merely accelerated it. The great one that you could look at is retail, our shopping habits, how we shop. By the way, that has a bit of a relevance to ghost towns as well. But if you look at if you look at um, going to work, I think there's a valid point, which is that, and I say this as chairman of companies where we've been talking about this in boardrooms uh, remotely, it has to be said, for some time. And that is that it's, it's right that we get people into the office for some of the time because they need the social intercourse. Yeah. They need society. They need an exchange of ideas. They need to feel they belong. But, and with a lot of younger employees, they're not sitting in studies with gardens. They're sitting in yes. bedrooms. You know, they're sitting in bedrooms and they need to be out. And work is part of their society. So there is a valid point to say, I don't think it's about you'll get the sack, but there's a valid point to say that you, you will just develop as an employee better if there's some element of being in the office. Yeah. But that doesn't mean every day. That doesn't mean coming in on that commuter with everybody else. And I think the world of Britain has got to get ready for saying part-time at home, part-time in the office, for saying come in and staggered workplaces. By the way, it's great for the environment. And you ran the piece about Extinction Rebellion beforehand, you know. It's great for the environment if people don't come in every day in the same way. It's very good for their mental health if they're not standing there on the tube exchanging all the bugs in the world with each other. And at the same time, the, the, the business can attune itself to a socially distant working environment who it's not good for is going to be those office those, those businesses that thrive on the office culture, yeah. sandwich bars, yeah. lunch bars and that. And secondly, and this affects everybody listening to this today, public or private sector, is pension funds. Because pension funds, biggest assets, that's your pension, my pension, 
They're all in property and not all, but a lot of it is in property. And property means landlords renting out office space to businesses. And I can tell you, there's one office, one business that I'm chairman of that's in the centre of London. And we have told our landlord, we have a break clause very soon. And I've told that we've told the landlord we, we want 80 percent of what we used to have. Well, that means he's got 20 percent vacant at a time when no one wants it. That will reduce his income. That will reduce the return on pension funds. That reduces the ability for you and me to have a pension. So it is actually, it, it, it's a wider issue yes. than just go to work. That, that is a very, very good point. But I'm going back to what you said a little bit earlier about, you know, especially young people, a lot of these policies, and a lot of the articles in the newspapers and the media obsession, again, it's London obsessed with, oh, I don't want to be on the tube. Most people in this country don't go to work on public transport. They don't live in London. They get in their car or they walk to work for much nearer. Um, but but also the crucial thing is that, you know, not everybody has a nice home. Uh, not everybody is in a situation where they can actually do their job from home. Um, and millions of jobs for people who who do uh, have to be in the workplace. You know, I mean, I've done many of those jobs in my, my lifetime, you know, the, being a cleaner, working as a waitress, a barmaid and things like that. Those jobs do rely on people being out and about, quite apart from just the um, just the, 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 the pleasure of being around other people, being around colleagues, making those friendships. Most people, until the, uh, you know, the, the internet, used to meet their future husband or wife in the workplace. Yeah, and, and, and all those points are valid. But the point is that the world has changed. No, you're not going to stop it. What I think is important is to get an initiative where there's a mix of both. Yeah. But, but Digby, I'm going to have to interrupt you again. There keeps being the sound of someone trying to ring you on your... <laughs> I mean, I'm sure my listeners have got their hands in the air as well. It does. Someone is trying to ring on your phone line, on your on your computer line. No, no, not your mobile phone. Your No, no. Oh. <laughs> Oh, it's like, it's like me and my dad having a conversation about Digby. Someone, someone keeps trying to ring you on your computer. That's the problem. We can hear the sound of that. We're going we're gonna to persevere, though. Um, let me talk about furlough, because our furlough scheme ends at the end of October. Rishi Sunak, the Chancellor, has said no ifs, no buts. It's over the end of October. Germany this week announced they're extending theirs to all the way through 2021, possibly even to March 2022. The French have extended theirs as well. All we've had is the offer of a, some, some, you know, 13 quid a day for people who are having to self-isolate uh, in lockdown areas. Um, do, do you think that we should be extending that furlough scheme? Um, no, I don't. But what I do think is that people who are forced to stay at home through quarantine, the promise made by the Prime Minister and indeed his Chancellor some weeks ago was no one will be worse off for doing the right thing. And I think the offer of, of, of whatever it was uh, that you just said is derisory. I mean, it's yeah. not enough. It's not enough. And, and it's not even the minimum wage. No, but it is the same. It is basically the same as uh, statutory sick pay. And for some reason, people seem to think that was enough money for people to live on. But no, but go back to the furlough scheme, because that look, that, that is going to affect individual specific people at very difficult times. And, and, and I completely you know, I understand that that's not enough to live on. But in terms of the furlough scheme, people on you know, 80 percent of their pay, it's going to be less than that. The employers are going to have to start making a lot more of a contribution as each month goes on. But come the end of October, that's it. It's over. Should we be extending that or should we be and, and, and or should we be just saying, you know what, companies and workers, you're going to have to live on your own wits now? I, I, I think there's a case for reducing it slowly and indeed even more reducing it, mm. reducing it, reducing it, because we have got to wean people off it. 
It's interesting, isn't it, actually, Julia, that Rishi Sunak is the most popular politician in Britain. Well, anybody would be if they paid people not to work. Whereas, whereas he's going to become the most unpopular politician in Britain when he starts telling people that they're not going to get this money anymore. Now, to have a cliff edge where one day you've got it and the next day you haven't got any of it, I do think that that is that is not on. But I think if you if you actually can stagger it through the winter, gradually wean it off. And of course, because the V-shaped economic recovery is happening, because it is coming back very sharply, capacity means that a lot of these people will have a job to do. Yeah. A lot of people will actually come back to work. There are two sorts of unemployment going to happen out of this. There's the demand-driven bit of unemployment, which is the economic activity increases. That demand-driven unemployment will uh, drop, drop away. People will go back into work. Then there's the structural unemployment, which COVID has brought on. Employers are going to fashion their businesses differently. People are going to do things in a different way and there will be a need for fewer people. That, sadly, is the one where no amount of furlough will help at the end of the day because their job has disappeared. Okay. Now, that there's a case there for doing the furloughing of that more slowly. But the furlough relating to people who actually could go back into work because the demand is coming back very quickly, the V-shape coming back up is very quick, then those sorts of people, the employer and the employee, should work on getting that job back. By the way, there's a, there's a big case for people coming back into the workplace, doing a different job, yeah. possibly, for possibly for less money, but certainly doing jobs differently. There's that. going to be a lot of change. There's no doubt at all about that, is there? Lord Digby Jones, I have to leave it there. Thank you very much indeed. We Talk Radio Breakfast with Julia Hartley Brewer and The Times. Be well informed. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. 
And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. I'm Transport Secretary Grant Shapps joins us now. Uh, Grant, um, before we get on to the issue of... uh uh, your job as Transport Secretary. Where are you on this apparent battle going on in government about uh, whether or not your civil servants should be back at work or not? Matt Hancock has said that his officials are working very efficiently from home. Um, Rishi Sunak and the Prime Minister are desperate to get people back in the workplace. Um, do you think your officials should be back in their workplace? I think people have been... Morning, by the way. I think people have been uh, working um, uh, as well as possible from um, home and actually enjoying the, the, the joys of Zoom and Skype and the, the rest of it. But there is a limit to um, all of that. You, you don't get the spark of uh, being with um, colleagues and exchanging ideas and also the human contact. And also, there are a lot of people for whom it's not that convenient. You know, people who are perhaps in a, a flat or an apartment and they're, you know, bed in one corner and trying to squeeze in a, a video call in, a, in another corner. Um, actually, it's not brilliant for people's mental health as well. And so we do want to make sure that workplaces are welcoming and are COVID secure and that people can return safely. And that's what we're uh, ensuring happens in this next phase, as you say, from Tuesday, when not only schools go back, but uh, quite a few people will be going back to work as well. Well, the CBI have warned that our city centres are going to become ghost towns. The latest um, mobile phone data, really accurate data, not just surveys of what people say they're doing, but actual data of where people's mobile phones are, shows that 17% of workers only have returned to the workplace. It hasn't increased at all uh, since the end of June. Germany and France, meanwhile, have got about 80% of their people back at work. Why are they able to do it and we're not? So I think partly that's probably down to our economy, much more service-based than Germany and France, for example, uh, much more financial services, insurance, those types of things, which people can um, do from in front of a computer if you don't have to be in a, in a factory, uh, then that might be part of the explanation. The, the other reason, of course, is that they went into this crisis first uh, and uh, therefore been a few weeks coming out of it. I think uh, for us also, it combined with the summer happening, happening to come about and therefore um, people say well I'll leave it till the schools are back Uh, and uh, I think probably from next week we will see this uplift in people returning to the uh, workplace and the workplaces uh, will have been made COVID secure by their employers Um, there will be some changes and there won't be space for everybody all the time so as you just said in your your intro there you know there'll be people who are perhaps a few days on and off um, but we, we we think we do want to you know for the the, the the health, the public health, mental health of people as well, uh, ensure that that option to go back is there where appropriate. OK, uh, well, let's talk about your brief as Transport Secretary. Uh, yesterday, another announcement about uh, more quarantine countries. Holidaymakers or anyone arrival, arriving from Switzerland, the Czech Republic and Jamaica will now have to isolate for 14 days uh, from those countries uh, as of 4am tomorrow. Um, why did you decide to add those countries to the list? Well, giving uh, each of those in turn, uh, Jamaica uh, was um, fascinating because a week ago, um, I would not have imagined we would have been adding Jamaica to the list. It had relatively low cases. There was suddenly a 350 plus percent increase in the number of uh, corona 
cases there. Very, very big increase in very, very little time. And we absolutely needed to act and, and do so quickly. Uh, on the others, um, the Czech Republic and on Switzerland, we've seen them coming up. We've seen them edging closer. And we've always said that we, we have to act, protect public health um, here at home and prevent people from coming back and spreading the, the disease. On the plus side, Cuba is now on a travel corridor and you can travel to Cuba without having to um, self-isolate or quarantine when you come back. But I should say, wherever you are traveling this summer, this autumn, um, it is going to clearly make sense to uh, think very carefully about whether you would be able to quarantine, as I indeed had to do when I put Spain into quarantine just after arriving in Spain. You've got to be in a position where you're going to be able to get back and quarantine. It is the law and you can get a criminal record for, for not following well, it. Well, I mean, look, someone like you who's high profile, let's face it, everyone's going to be watching you. And if you suddenly appeared when you're supposed to be in quarantine, it's going to be noted. You'd probably end up losing your job. However, um, I've got a number of friends and family who've returned from uh, France since the quarantine has come in and no, no questions asked, no forms asked, no one took their details, absolutely nothing. Everything's been done on trust. Now, those people are all quarantining because, you know, they're law abiding people. They want to do the right thing. There'll be many, many people, though, who know, well, there are no gonna, no spot checks. No one's going to know. Don't tell people you've been in France, say you were somewhere else or in Spain, just say you were somewhere else. Um, and they're not doing it. Um, if it is so vital that we do quarantine people coming in from these countries, do you not think we should be making sure they are quarantining? I, I, I do. And actually, if people think that they're I mean, largely we have policing by consent in this country. But if people think that they're uh, doing that risk free, they're not. First of all, obviously, they the are. They health, are doing it risk free. Yeah. I mean, first of all, the health they risk are. Are putting other people's lives at risk. But more to the point, uh, about a thousand returnees a day are contacted um, directly. So people uh, do get the calls. Public Health England can come to your door and check you, you're, you're there. Uh, it's important to realise that not it's not just the fine uh, for uh, not quarantining. You can actually get a criminal record. And I can tell you there are about 4,000, 4,200 uh, people who've been referred to the police uh, on this. So uh, don't go thinking it's risk free. Uh, actually, there are there are serious risks, but not least the social you know, um, at risk of, of passing it on. I mean, that's no, why the, we the moral duty. No, but I'm just telling you, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm talking about people who said that no details of theirs were taken. No forms were filled in. They weren't asked for any information. No well, one's going to do a spot check on someone they don't know has just yeah. travelled back from it, that country. Again, if you don't fill in, just to be clear, uh, a passenger locator form is required wherever you're coming back from. It doesn't matter whether it's They're from... They're not collecting uh, it at Eurotunnel. Yeah, it doesn't matter where, where, whichever country you come back from and whether it's in the travel corridor or not, everyone currently has to fill in a passenger locator form. That's to help protect you. If someone was found on your flight, for example, uh, who uh, was you know later found to have COVID, uh, that's so you can be contacted. It's your own. If you um, arrive, uh, you drive a car well. through, if you drive a car through the Eurotunnel, no one collects any information. No one collects a form. No one does anything. How on earth are those people going to get a spot check and find and risk a criminal record if no one has any record that they've come in the country that way so so like i say about a thousand people per day are being checked actually funny enough my, my wife was um called up uh after she returned um 10 days after i returned from the uh, spanish family uh, okay. holiday so she was just going into quarantine and uh, randomly re received a call a thousand people a day do All right. there are over four thousand cases of you know referred to the police you are running a risk not just in terms of your own criminal record which will affect things like you know potentially work uh, prospects in the future, but actually physically running a risk of harming other people. Okay. Why would you want to do that? 
please quarantine if that's what you've been Let's asking. talk very briefly and finally about something which does affect a lot more people than those returning from holidays. Uh, and this is uh, the potholes on the roads. Genuinely, you can, you can have a phone in very, very busy, very quickly, as soon as you mention potholes. Uh, you're carrying out a first of its kind audit into the mapping of potholes in England. I'm hoping this is with a, a view to actually then repairing the potholes as opposed to just having a map of where they all are. Correct. And actually, um, uh, you're forgiven for not remembering this, but at one of the Downing Street press conferences, I pointed out that the roads were incredibly quiet during the height of the pandemic. And so we got out there and um, got these got a lot of these potholes fixed. I haven't. um, To be fair, I haven't. I remember that. And I I have noticed that certainly in my local area. This has been the ideal opportunity to make those roads. How, how, How many have been mended? Yeah, the, well, the update on this today is um, we, obviously we've got schools returning. Uh, we're encouraging uh, people to active transport. That means walking, particularly cycling, of course. Uh, so we want to make sure that the roads are in a good nick for that and that it protects your car as well. So today, actually, we're, we're not. It's quite an in, innovative package. We're, we're we're joining forces with a lot of the delivery companies, you know, Deliveroo and Just Eat and Tesco and Ocado, um, to help map out where. There are deficiencies in our roads where there are potholes and sometimes using some quite clever technology, uh, cameras and, uh, and and the like. And in order to um, get and direct the fixing to the right places as quickly as, as possible. So that will help to extend the map of uh, where problems still exist and, and, and help to zap them. Because we've got a two and a half billion pound budget for this, this parliament, which is a record high. Uh, I know it's a constant war to defeat the potholes. Uh, and uh, and that's before the bad weather comes. But we, we have been getting on top of it. And this initiative today is going to make it easier for people to return there and might hopefully be, be safe on our roads. One upside to the pandemic, getting those potholes fixed. Yeah. Transport Secretary Grant Sharps, thank you. Talk Radio Breakfast with Julia Hartley-Brewer and The Times. Know your times now talk about some extraordinary figures which normally I think would have been uh, all over the front pages uh, yesterday which emerged that uh, we have seen uh, immigration levels to this country soaring to their highest level yet record number of migrants came to the UK last year it won't be the same this year of course we've barely got any travel but uh, it's been driven by a surge in particular in students from outside the EU let's talk about this with the chairman of Migration Watch UK that's Alp Mehmet good morning to you Alp Good morning to you, Matt. Uh, lovely to speak to you. Um, again, the, migration has been a very big issue recently, but that's the illegal migration of those uh, and those dinghies crossing the channel. And we'll talk about that a little bit later as well. Um, but um, this is about legal uh, migration to the country at its highest level yet. What, what, what's been driving this? Why so many extra students coming to the EU, coming, coming from outside the EU? Uh, we're a very attractive place and uh, notwithstanding what some people would claim that we are keeping students away in fact they're being attracted in ever increasing numbers but let's also uh, bear in mind that students are coming in huge numbers but they also stay on in huge numbers not illegally Uh, the vast majority of them uh, who stay on for all sorts of reasons, to do other courses, to marry, to um, work. And about uh, a fifth of those who come in, and we're talking about nearly 260,000 in these present figures, about a fifth of those will stay on, will never leave. So it I mean, does actually add significantly to um, to immigration, and that's something that we shouldn't lose sight well, of. Well, there was a big debate about whether or not student numbers should be added on the basis that, oh, well, they come for two or three years and then they leave, as you say, 20% that we know of uh, do stay on legally. Now, some of those will be absolutely brilliant scientists and engineers, and hey, uh, that's great, Let, let's have those people, but we need to be 
open with the British people about the numbers because whether or not someone's got a good degree or a good job or not, they still need somewhere to live. Their kids need somewhere to go to school. They're going to go to the doctor. They're on the uh, on the roads or on public transport. And we have to allow for those extra people living in our society. Yeah, absolutely. And that you can't simply, someone who's coming here to say three, four, five years, perhaps longer, you can't ignore them when it comes to the housing, that their health needs, um, their, their transport requirements, all these things, of course they matter. No wonder, frankly, and the latest YouGov poll said that uh, 72% of people think that the government is dealing with immigration badly. This is the reason, the fact that we're now back to the highest levels we've had, uh, 316,000 net coming from outside the EU. That is the highest since 1975. Of course people are concerned. My concern, really, that my biggest concern, however, is not what is going on now in lockdown, <laughs> ostensibly, or, or rather during the pandemic, but it's the system that the government has in mind to introduce um, once we're definitively out of the EU. This is the points-based system. The points-based system, which frankly is more likely to add to the numbers rather than control and reduce them. They, they are going to uh, allow people, the sort of people who are coming into to university now, the 260,000 coming to study, all those with A-levels, the vast majority of them with A-levels, the qualification for jobs in this country has been lowered to A-level. This is an indication of the sort of demand that there will be for jobs and indeed uh, at, at the entry level, at barely uh, above the, uh, uh, the living wage. That is a huge, huge uh, competition with those leaving with A-levels now from our schools. And we, we won't go down that route of what's been happening. Yeah. But Indeed. there are millions who are now going to be able to come. No control over them. Employers will be able to bring them in without looking locally. And there's no limit to the number. And again, that may well be a big issue. Let's also talk for count about uh, illegal migration. Uh, Priti Patel, the Home Secretary, apparently angry uh, about the Home Office being forced to abort a planned charter flight to Spain, taking back 23 cross-channel migrants uh, to the country. Basically, we found proof that they had travelled through Spain before getting to the UK, and therefore uh, that's where uh, they should uh, uh, claim asylum. Um, Last-minute legal challenges by what are being dubbed by the Home Office activist lawyers to blame but twas ever thus was it not is this any new complaint uh, no uh, it wasn't so long ago that uh, there was one person not more than that being returned and those on board the flight suddenly uh, took again the uh, officials who were taking this chap back and they uh, made the officials take the uh, and this was a criminal that was being returned to his country, they made him come off. So it's not just lawyers. Lawyers, um, you have to say, they're doing it legally, they're doing it through the, the, the proper channels. 
whether or not it's desirable or not, that's another matter. But I, I don't think we should suggest that in some way this is illegal. It isn't. And that is the problem. Yeah. And that is what the government needs to address with regards to if they're going to uh, look at the asylum system, if they're going to review the asylum system and change it. These are the sort of things they've got to look at, really, and make sure that it cannot happen. Yeah, indeed. Well, we shall see. Alp Mehmet, Chairman of Migration Watch UK, thank you very much indeed. Thanks for listening to the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.